All right, what's going on, San Jose Sharks fans and hockey fans in general? I'm Aaron James, and welcome to another edition of Shark City Unfiltered from Shark City Hockey, proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. Today's show is brought to you by DraftKings. Use promo code THPM at sign up for awesome deal and rewards. We got quite the show today. Uh, if you want to be a part of it, you could do so by connecting with us on Facebook and YouTube. Drop some of your takes or your reactions in the chat the comment section and you know we'll highlight uh whatever it is as long as you keep it appropriate uh it's gonna be one of those touchy subjects today because we're gonna be talking about two sharks players that are gonna be leaving arguably probably two of the better sharks players for the past uh season uh, not so much maybe james reimer but definitely eric carlson so last time we got together on unfiltered the news that just broke that Eric Carlson was essentially on his way out. Him and the Sounds of Sharks have agreed to go their own separate ways. Uh, we'll dive a little bit more into what it might take for San Jose to, um, you know, make this a reality. Uh, we won't spend too much time on that though, because I have some other more topics I think are a little bit, a little bit more f- fun and probably a little bit more appropriate, more. Um, a little bit more current for you know the next couple of weeks here coming, um, and that's just because I personally don't think that the EK65 trade is going to happen anytime in the next 30 days or so. I assume that's something that's going to go down uh, after the draft, unless of course there's a team out there that's willing to swap some prospects for this, um, you know, supposedly Norris Trophy winning defenseman coming up soon. But um, you know. One good solid season in the last four. You already know the story. Uh, so we'll you know, we'll jump a little bit into that, just a little bit, you know, dip our toes in there. Uh, we'll spend some time with James Reimer. Um, I know a lot of you all feel some type of way about him, but we're gonna, you know, show him a little bit of love here on tonight's show. And um some other stuff, some other rumblings around the league. So let's just jump right into it. Um, once again. Just inviting everybody to come and hang out in a chat and talk hockey. Um, of course, we're doing this late night edition of Shark City Unfiltered. So I don't expect too much of y'all to be uh, in a talking mood. You're probably just winding down after a great three-day weekend. I know I am. And, you know, you're all getting prepped for whatever tomorrow may bring. So, you know, by all means, just chill whether you're on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook, and enjoy the program like you did a couple of days ago. But if you're bold enough, leave a comment. We could talk about the hockey, um, you know, anything about hockey relative to the Sharks or in the hockey world. Or if you're bold enough, send us a voice message. You got 90 seconds to share your take on whatever topics that you hear on this show. Anyways. Uh, so let's move along. Okay, so let's talk about some obvious, obvious, pretty, uh, like, obvious news here lately, and that is 
James Reimer is officially on his way out. So I know a lot of you were kind of like calling for his immediate release not too long ago. We won't spend too much time on that. I will touch up on that in just a moment. Um, but let me just refer to my notes here so I'm not all over the place. Um, so this is a pretty athletic today. So this is pretty recent stuff here. Um, James Reimer. It's been reported by Pierre Lebron of The Athletic that James Reimer's agent um, essentially has shared that Mike Greer has given them permission to talk to other teams um, a while ago. So it appears as if, um, well, how do I say this? Let me just rewind. Let me get all my uh, notes here. Bam. There we go. Forgot I'm managing the video portion of this again. I got for a quick moment there. I got used to just doing audio only, but I'm happy to give you all something to look at while I, uh, you know, talk it up here. So back on point. Uh, pretty athletic. James Reimer is on his way out. Um, he will not return to the San Jose Sharks next season. That is not a shocker again to us. Um, after two seasons, uh, Mike Greer and I quote: "This is uh, James Reimer's." Uh, agent Mike Greer was kind enough to let us talk to teams, which we've been doing, and we have a number of teams of interested teams. Just to get a head start on that is great. Mike and the team there obviously obviously love Rhymes, but given where they're at, he's referring to rebuilding. It made sense for them to let him go, but he loved his time in San Jose. Again, this is coming from the Athletic. Uh, this news dropped earlier today. Uh, not really shocking or breaking news for us here in Sharks territory because um, uh, it's just been goaltender carousel for like the last few seasons here. Um, I really don't know how to feel about James Reimer um, and his time with San Jose. I think two seasons ago, it was more exciting. Not so much this season uh, for some of you out there, maybe, a little dapper on his legacy due to some of the decisions he made in terms of, you know, um, uh, pregame. That's all I'm going to say because I'm not trying to, you know, spark, um, you know, any type of debate here. All I'm simply trying to say is, you know, um, it's unfortunate that that might be what some of y'all remember him as. I remember him as being a goaltender that held it down and gave the sounds a sharks at least for even though it was for a short amount of time but he gave the team some sort of stability kind of being a backbone uh, literally the last line of the fence in some cases um, he definitely uh, digressed i guess is the best way to say it. he definitely did not um, improve upon his first uh, season on his comeback tour here and um We'll get into his numbers in just a second here. Again, uh, pardon me as I readjust uh, managing both the audio and the video here. So let's get into some of his stats here. Um, so for the past two seasons combined, so James Reimer obviously was the backup goaltender to Martin Jones when the Sharks went to the Stanley Cup Finals. And, um, you know, he did his comeback tour or, you know, his second tour in Sharks territory uh, starting in 2021. And now that will end here in 2023. Not really much of a shocker. Again, 
but let's just go into some of his numbers. Uh, all together now, he played 91 games with 87 starts. Uh, 48 of those 87 starts were quality starts. That's giving him 0.552 quality start percentage. Uh, he had a 31, 38, and 18 record. Even though the Sharks were pretty bad, all right? And if, you, if you're if you one of those that likes to jump into, like, advanced stats, you'll see that, you know, anything that was 30 feet or further away, James Reimer handled. But anything, as you start getting closer to the net, you know, into that 15 feet or less, um, the save percentage, it was just horrible. Now, is that because James Reimer is just really bad at, you know, covering the net when the puck gets closer? to the crease or is that a testimony to how horrible the defense has been in San Jose? I don't know. That's definitely one that will be, um, yeah, that's definitely one of those debates that sharks fans can have amongst themselves. And I encourage you to do so in the comment or chat section anyways. Um, but yeah, James Reimer, um, this season, it just, in my opinion, it just unraveled, um, but the whole entire goaltending situation has just been a mess. Um, and I'm just going to go a, a little backwards here in time really quick. Um, a lot of us remember how all the fans were practically like rioting about the Salazar Sharks getting rid of Martin Jones. All right. Um, I just got to say this, okay, again. I didn't ex after the Sharks got rid of Martin Jones. All right. And we all know with all due respect, I don't, I don't mean to, you know, to throw any shade on any of the other netminders uh, names here, because that's not the whole point. I'm just trying to simply say that, you know, without a doubt, if Guinea Nabokov has been the greatest player between the pipes for San Jose, and he's been probably the best goaltender that we've had, um, or there, excuse me, there probably hasn't been a goaltender as good as Nabokov um, up until we got Martin Jones. I know that sounds a little crazy, but he is the only goaltender who took who took us to the Stanley Cup uh, Finals. James Reimer was there too. <laughs> he technically did too. If you want to give him that whole Aiden Hill treatment, I'm just kidding. We won't mention that name. Yet too much on today's uh, program, but we do have some things we have to talk about with that as well. But uh, back to Reimer here, to Optimus Rhymes. Um, you know, he is, hey, you know, he was on the Clarence Campbell championship uh, team. So technically he was, you know, a part of that squad that went further than, than you know, Nabby ever did. And I know I'm, this is a stretch. I'm just, again, trying to show a little love to James Reimer here because, you know, the last two years it sounds like they've been tough. All right. Um, but let's just look at his journey really quick. So uh, Aiden Hill, right? Um, again, we're talking about goaltender carousel here. We're talking about our, our goaltender roulette, whatever you want to call it. But essentially, it's just San Jose is at a point where they are, again, in a position to have to find another starting goaltender. I mean, this is crazy. This is like what the fourth, the real, like since Martin Jones has been gone, we haven't really had a solid goaltender. That's all. That's all I was trying to get at with, with Marty Jones in the past. I know I kind of, you know, go on my little tilt tangents and pardon me here. I'm also trying to ad lib while working this graphic. Bam. There it is. Now we're set. Okay. I can focus. 
And um, again, thank you to everybody who's enjoying the program, whether you're on Facebook, Twitter, or um, our YouTube. If you're on Facebook and YouTube, drop a comment. Um, you know, keep it keep it as clean and civil as possible. Um, but yeah, join in on the conversation. I'll highlight your comment. And we'll have some fun. Um, but yeah, back to James Reimer here. Um, after Martin Jones was bought out, after the Sharks fans essentially cried for him to be gone, like pushed him out of Sharks territory, right? Because we all know the problem was goaltending. Anyways, um, I say that sarcastically because I played I, I played goaltender, okay? I've played goaltender, so I have a little soft spot to with the net minders, all right? Um, you know, I know it's like to be the person in that crease looking and depending on like, you know, the, the five guys in front of you to get it done consistently shifting and shift out anyways. And I know it's like to play on teams that are in the bottom of the standings. Now this is all just beer leagues. All right. I'm not an NHL pro goaltender, but James Reimer is. So I'll show him that respect. Um, he had a tough in San Jose. All right. Just imagine. So we had Yosef Koshinov and um, a really, really nice, uh, shiny high draft pick go Arizona's way to acquire Aiden Hill, who we know the story on arbitration, didn't practice, was hurt. Um, you know, looked good for when he was playing, but you know, he just wasn't consistent enough, or maybe he didn't want to be. Who who knows, right? Um, but James Reimer was. So that's all I remember. So James Reimer, he got his contract almost a couple of weeks after Aiden Hill was traded or after the Sharks traded for Aiden Hill. So um, just really quick, another side note. I thought that's why Aiden Hill filed for arbitration because I figured he's like, well, hey, if you guys are going to offer Reimer X amount, I feel like I'm worth X amount as well. And I think that's why he did it at first. But I stand by my um, – I stand by what I say and that being – I don't think he ever wanted to be a shark to begin with. But moving forward to James Reimer, Optimus Rhyme. Um, I know a lot of you are sad. A lot of you are sad that he's, he's going to go. He, he's one of your favorite players. He's kind of like Aaron Dell, one of those sharks um, in the net that just made their way back. Uh, we we love we love it when our you know our favorite um, players always make that comeback tour. Uh, but James Reimer again. Uh, started his career two seasons ago. He was signed just a few, like maybe like a couple of weeks after Aiden Hill was traded for. And it, it was supposed to be the start of what was going to be this goaltender battle or goaltending tandem, right? Where it's like we have this young upcoming goaltender and this um, proven veteran. And what it seemed like is that James Reimer was going to be leaned on to essentially, you know, get Aiden Hill primed and ready with Nabokov. And once ever when that once Hill was ready to take over, it seemed like he was going to be the one. All right, um, that wasn't the case. James Reimer played outstanding his first season in San Jose. Um, let's just look at those numbers again for some of y'all who are joining us late on the video um, version of this. But again, you know, um, even after a horrible season this season, which a lot of his production dropped drastically. Okay, I think um, when you take his average like. Um, was it quality starts or quality saves? I forgot what it was. I think if you take his average save percentage, like he was solid last season, he was like a negative 18. Pardon me on the, the um, spacing out on what stat that was. But long story short is this season wasn't all that. It wasn't that great. Maybe it had to do with his lower body injury that occurred early in the season. Who knows? But um, the point being is I don't care what it was. 
that um, we had going on, um, you know, with the rebuild or the retool or whatever, James Reimer often was that stability on the team. And in the show, he had four shutouts in the two years, which I think is impressive considering <laughs> how bad this team has been for a while. So, um, again, I'm not going to, like, you know, go too, too all out on James Reimer because I know some of y'all feel some type of way about him for some of the choices he made off the ice or rather some of the choices he made um, pertaining to how he would be or not be on the ice. You already know what I'm getting at. But on that note, okay. I just want to say this. Now, again, this is going to be quick trigger warning, all right? But a lot of what you hear in terms of, like, you know, um, against Reimer for said choice, all right? We all know what I'm talking about. A lot of what you heard about it, um, I just want to say two things on this because, again, I'm not trying to make this some, you know, like um, – you know, I'm not trying to like make this some kind of like um you know debate or whatever, or I'm not trying to trivialize anything, and I'm not trying to get you know I'm not trying to spark the wrong conversation. All I'm trying to say is this: for everything that was said negatively against James Reimer, whether or not you are aware of it, whether or not you are exposed to it, whether or not you even care for it, right? There was equally as much positive and support for him, and I just want to say that. OK, because that's one of the things that I think, in my opinion, and I'm just going to say this really quick. I'm not talking about the content all right, or the context of whatever was going on. I'm just simply saying in general, I think one of the things that we start to lose sight of because of, you know, the age that we live in and the tools that we have and the way we're connecting, just like right now in this program, it's easy to get carried away with, you know, um, I'll just say it this way. Sometimes um, some things do not require um, such malicious response. That's all I'm going to say. Now, you all can say whatever you want, and you all can express yourself however you please. I'm just simply saying that sometimes when moments like this happen, especially in Sharks territory, it doesn't just have to necessarily be the decisions that he made, but a lot of the things that have been going on in the past few years, um, you often will start to get like um, these randoms. That's all I want to say. These randoms that come out. And they only come out specifically to either steer the conversation or spread, um, you know, their opinions and kind of misdirect or misguide um, the fan base or the overall, um, you know, the, the over, how do I say this properly? Because I'm not trying to, I know I'm like walking on glass and eggshells here, okay? I'm completely aware of this and it's supposed to be unfiltered. So if I could just be 100 with you without like, you know, being like uh, so cautious and so concerned about your feelings. Um, pretty much what I'm trying to get at is sometimes the response in some ways is uglier than the action or the reaction becomes uglier than the action. That's all I'm trying to get at. You know what I'm talking about? 
everyone's entitled to believe and think and feel whatever it is that they please. And I'm all for it. But what I am simply trying to say is sometimes it makes sharks territory an ugly place to be when you see a lot of these things that are being said about, you know, whether it's players or fans that support that player or fans that think opposite of what the other fans that may be, um, you know, out there kind of making a lot of noise about. And one more one more, uh, just to clarify in terms of my comment earlier with randoms, what I'm talking about is sometimes these accounts that are out there kind of like, you know, spreading fuel, you know, kind of like getting more people engaged or riled up, if you will. Um, oftentimes, they're only tweeting once every year. Okay. Prime example. One of my, um, and it was a fun, it was a fun um, post, but one of my fun posts Got a random account on there, you know, trying to troll, I guess, if you will, or trying to, you know, misrepresent, misguide, whatever the case may be, whatever it is that, you know, whatever their cause was. But when you look at the account, you know, they only tweeted like one thing within a year. So it's like they're coming out of the woods to just say whatever it is they're going to say. And it's been like a year since they said something last. And when you looked at what they said last, it was with another choice topic in Sharks territory. That's all I'm going to get at. So with that being said, the whole point of that whole spiel was to say that for as much negative publicity that this guy received, there was equal amount of positive publicity and support regardless of whether or not you were aware of it or exposed to it. With that being said, I just wanted to cover that because you can't, you know, there's no way to like talk about James Reimer without mentioning what went down. I think it was in February. Pardon me if my memory serves me incorrectly here. Um, but I just wanted focus more or less on the player the guy who was in between the pipes and regardless of the fallout in sharks territory regardless if um you know whatever it is that he decided to do made you feel some type of way james reimer was the man in san jose and he was the starting goaltender and he was the man when other guys didn't want to be the man who the sharks went out to acquire and spent a lot on in terms of future prospects to be said man that's all i'm gonna say all right um with that with that you know again i'm opening up the chat to y'all hopefully um you know again trigger warnings this is gonna be one of those kind of episodes but it is what it is um, i'm aaron james by the way this is shark sitting and filtered and um the next topic of uh the program is hopefully a little bit more fun a little lighter note and that is that the nhl has been slapped by MMA boss. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if you guys uh, got a chance to read about this. Um, so this news is coming out of um, the Daily Faceoff, right? Dailyfaceoff.com reported apparently that um, UFC president Dana White essentially roasted, roasted the NHL for um, one of their business decisions i guess is the best way of saying it now um i'm just gonna be honest with you this story is news to me i think it's worth talking about worth the share and um also you know some of y'all out there and i know this for a fact especially uh some of the followers of shark city hockey i'm pretty sure you are aware of these content creators more and you're you know you're more well are you're well versed with their stuff um i'm not i'll just be 100 with you so um, I'm going to this, you know, pretty um, unbiased, I guess is the best way to say it, in terms of 
um, the said content creator. So I'm about to share that. So uh, the UFC president, um, <laughs> this is on social media. So apparently there's this, um, I guess they're pranks or they're, they're influencers, whatever you want to call them. Um, they are called the Nelk Boys. I believe I'm saying that right. Nelk Boys. And um, apparently on Twitter, this is where um, the Daily Faceoff uh, was citing their source from. Uh, Dana White went on video. I guess the Nelk Boys uh, went on video saying that the NHL didn't want anything to do with them. And uh, it is what it is. I really don't know, you know who they are. But Dana White has some very choice words to say about the NHL. So without further ado, um, I want a little uh, bleep warning coming up for some of y'all out there. So um, he said, F them. They're all old, dumb effing people that have no idea what's going on. They have no idea where this younger generation is, how you reach them, any of that all right. So apparently that's his response for the NHL rejecting the Nelk boys who Dana White decided to go in business with as well or decided to afterwards. Uh, but the reason he's talking about this is because he's citing. And again, this is all news to me, but I think it's worth the mention. OK, because I think he has some good points here. There's three points you could take from this story, which I'll share for you in just a second. But apparently the reason this is all going down is it had to do with the Stanley Cup finals. All right. So this is what Dana White had to say in that video. Let me just finish that segment off really quick here. So he said that the NHL did 25 million video views during the conference finals. And apparently his new um, fighting promotion, Power Slap. I know you all seen that. That crazy sport where the guys just sit there and get slapped in the face. It's crazy. Anyways, and um, that's all I'm going to say. But um, apparently they did 90 million views. Okay, so Dana White went on to say, so all these people, and I quote, so all these people are talking sh out there. You know it's all old, dumb, effing journalists. NHL don't want to, uh, like the NHL don't want to know the Nuck Boys, no problem. I got them, end quote. So Nuck Boys and, um, you know, UFC are in business again. I don't, I'm not too familiar with who these guys are. I kind of looked them up just for the sake of this segment. Um, you know, I just want to see why the league wouldn't want to be involved with them. Looking at some of their guests, maybe their decision could be politically charged. I really don't know. Um, again, I don't have enough, I don't know enough about them to really give you a solid opinion. I'm just sharing what I noticed at face value. But what I thought was a solid opinion is from um, the UFC boss over here, Dana White. I know it sounds crazy, but um, I think he has a good point. He has a good point, okay? So uh, this report, these stats right now are coming from dailyfaceoff.com. Um, apparently, this year's uh, Stanley Cup final has been one of the historically, um, I don't say worst, it would, you know, why not? It's Vegas. <laughs> Historically, one of the worst Stanley Cup finals in the last 30 years in terms of TV ratings in the United States, right? So um, this is what happened, okay? Um, the 2023 Stanley Cup finals had 2.72 million people who watched game five, the deciding game. 
the game in which the Stanley Cup was raised, the game in which the Stanley Cup was awarded, only had 2.72 million people watching the game. All right, so for those of you who missed it, the Vegas Golden Knights defeated the Florida Panthers in five games. They won at their home arena. Um, 2.72 million people watched. And um, as far as the entire series goes, the average viewership was 2.6 million viewers, which was a 43% drop from a 4.6 million average last year when the Colorado Avalanche defeated the Tampa Bay Lightning. All right. So uh, three points that I, I take away from this, okay? So uh, the first one, I think, you know, um, was Vegas Stanley Cup good for the sport? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just messing. Um, but no, seriously, though, was, uh, you know, are the salary cap asterisk teams winning a Stanley Cup starting to catch up with the league? Right? Because that seems to be the trend. I mean, Tampa Bay done it. They they damn near went to a three-peat. And now Vegas is, you know, the latest one to join that club. Again, as I mentioned on the previous um, episode of Unfiltered, I have, you know, nothing against it. The Sharks found a way to play the salary cap against their advantage and win a cup in doing so. I would be ecstatic because in the end, your salary cap isn't, engraved on the stanley cup it's the team name and the players and you know everyone else in the organization um so it makes you wonder are these teams who are kind of like exploiting the salary cap rather than drawing an interest to the sport it's creating a active disinterest because you're starting to feel like these not that they're fixed, but, you know, we'll just put it this way. They call the Vegas team Batman's golden child for a reason. Anyways, um, another point that I think Mr. White had is with, you know, the fact that they have no idea where this younger generation is. Um, that's one of the things about hockey that as I've been noticing lately is kind of it's kind of true. Um, there have been plenty of cringe moments this season. Uh, the All-Star game being a prime example. I mean, the disconnect with fans is real. Um, I mean, there's these digital ads. There's the, uh, you know, the plus deal where our games are being streamed by commentators we don't care for, and you have to have an app in order to watch them. For a lot of you out there, there's the whole 10 years of a New Jersey provider that you are not happy about, etc. I mean, I feel it here in Sharks territory, especially when I'm going to a game and it's damn near empty. So the third point I think that was pretty um, interesting out of this whole, you know, uh, story, again, from Daily Faceoff, uh, is that, you know, with the marketing and the journalists and all that, 
I understand kind of where he's coming from, especially as a Sharks fan, because these past few years we've been subject to, you know, some ridiculous marketing or journalists, uh, headliners, you know, some headliners out there that derive from what feels like an insatiable need to be the first report rather than reporting the truth. And then, you know, some of these like choice commercial or ads and etc. Anyways, that's all I'm going to say. So um, it's kind of interesting. It makes you wonder how they will respond if they'll respond to this. Um, or is it just one of those things that is just going to be like, hey, you know what? The sport is more profitable than ever and we could care less. Anyways. Um, so, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. All right. Hey, I want to take a quick moment, a quick break, really quick, like a 30 second break. And then I'm going to come back and we're going to do a quick um, hear a quick word from our sponsors over here at DraftKings. And then we'll finish off the program with um, what Pierre LeBron thinks the Sharks have to do versus what Mike Greer wants to do in terms of um, being able to move Eric Carlson. Once again, I'm Aaron James. And if you're watching live, Facebook and YouTube, by all means, join the conversation. Drop your take in the chat uh, section and we can discuss Sharks hockey uh, together. So um, with that being said, Want to take a quick moment, step aside. Uh, I'm Aaron James, and this is Shark City Unfiltered. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can make a $5 bet and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit, deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash hockey terms. All right, and we're back. All right, what's up, everyone? Thank you very much for joining me on this very late night edition of Shark City Unfiltered. It's Monday night here in Sharks Territory, and um, it's been quite the three-day weekend. Just to recap, 
uh, what we've been discussing for the past, um, you know, like 30 minutes here or so. We're talking about James Reimer. He's now a free agent. It's been confirmed. His um, agent had spoken to Pierre LeBron at the Athletic and his agent, Ray uh, Petkau. Hopefully I'm saying that correct. Pardon me if I'm not. Uh, you know, he said that Mike Greer essentially let him talk to other teams and other teams are interested. So James Reimer will, in fact, be um, entering free agency already with some suitors. So that's 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 great to hear. It really is. And uh, why not? Right. He, he held it down last season. Not so much this season. I think his lower body injury had something to do with it. Also think that, you know, the fact that he was playing pretty solid. Had something to do with it. Sharks can't have these guys winning too much games. Anyways, <laughs> uh, we were talking about just a moment ago the NHL getting uh, roasted by the UFC president, uh, Dana White. And um, I thought you brought some interesting points, that being that, um, you know, NHL is kind of missing some of the um, shots that they're trying to, you know, score on when it comes to some of the younger generations here to sport and it seems like they're focused on all things that are not making the sport very like uh you know um enjoyable you you already know it digital ads etc i mean you you get used to them but i'll be honest with you the one thing that i miss this stanley cup oh actually i'll be real with you okay i should be 100 1000 right i'll be 1000 percent honest with you when they did bubble hockey and when these digital ads came about, um, the one thing I miss, oh, pardon me, so I'm making noise here. The one thing I miss the most about the Stanley Cup playoffs um, that I feel is the biggest casualty to these digital ads is when they will paint the Stanley Cup playoffs or Stanley Cup finals on the actual ice on the rink. Because the digital ads are running now, we just see the blue line, empty blue line, empty white paint empty space between the blue line and the face-off circles by the slot. Don't give the commissioner any ideas. He might be like, oh, it's empty, you say. Here's some more ads. No, I'm just kidding. But no, seriously, though, um, that was, like, in my opinion, one of the best things. I mean, if you play NHL, which the league's marking right now because they're about to do NHL 23 championships soon, right, the world championships. But if you play NHL, they still got that in the game, Right. Because it's in the game. Anyways, but it really isn't anymore. That's all I'm trying to say. I miss that. I miss seeing the Stanley Cup playoffs slash Stanley Cup finals painted on the ice. Anyways. Um, and then, you know, he kind of talked about the marketing and the journalists. And, and I kind of feel it, you know, I mean. Um, anyways, moving on. Uh, let's talk about Eric Carlson's uh, hefty price tag here so the Jose sharks are going to move the norris trophy i was going to say finalist i honestly wasn't going to think he was going to i didn't think he was going to take it because when it comes to defense when it comes to defense he's not one of the best he's absolutely absolutely like not one of the best but if you are going to take into account what he did in terms of 101 points this season well yeah, I guess you could kind of award him for that. Um, and then maybe that just sweetens the deal, right? Maybe it's all good for the Sharks because if he gets a Norris Trophy, then that means that maybe that um, 11.5 doesn't seem so much like um, you know a bad investment. So um, 
let's go on with this. So we've been hearing this forever. Okay. So James Reimer and Eric Carlson, we know they're going to be moved this offseason. Both of these stories isn't groundbreaking, you know, shocking news. Um, but according to the athletic, um, what really remains a factor is that salary. So from the athletic, they're saying Mike Greer wants to get rid of at least $9.5 million. That means he's going to, the Sharks are looking to retain only $2 million of Eric Carlson's salary. Um, obviously, he still has a full no movement clause. So um, that makes things a little bit, you know, more interesting and maybe even a little bit more restricting because, you know, um, you might find a team that could take on the, the contract financially, but he might be like, no, thanks. Um, but the truth is, you know, he, he wants to go to a contender. All right. Just like Logan Couture has been saying he wants to win. Eric Carlson has been saying it a lot last season. So, yeah, he, he's gone. He's gone. He did what he had to do to show the league that he still is who he says he is. <laughs> My bad. And, um, you know, 82 games this season. It's like you got the old Eric Carlson back. So the way I feel with EK65 now is the way I feel about James Reimer two seasons ago. You got to maximize on that trade value, baby. You got to get him while he's hot. Get rid of him and deal him while he's hot. Well, actually, matter of fact, now that I said that, that's probably one of the biggest casualties with James Reimer and the Sharks. And I don't mean this in, in, with any due respect because I know Reimer wanted to be here, and I was happy to have him here. It was nice to see him get his 400th career win in San Jose. It was nice to see him, you know, kiss that glove and point it to the – I loved it. I loved it. But – um I really thought the Sharks could have gotten something for him this last two um, seasons during the trade deadline because regardless how you felt, you know, even though James Reimer was signed two off seasons ago, it was pretty obvious that he was the short-term plan here. And since he was playing so hot, you'd figure, hey, get rid of him while, you know, his value is at its highest. Um, so what's that mean? At this point, I feel like James Reimer obviously was worth more on the roster than he was on the trade block. But that being said, that's not the case there, Carlson, right now. Right now, especially to the Sharks' salary cap, he is worth way more on the trade block than he is on the roster. Um, I feel like this comeback season for him is, um, in my opinion, in my opinion, it's is kind of like it's the bait it's the bait because everyone knows everyone knows that he, he's it's been pretty tough he hasn't played and he's been hurt for almost year after year after year this is his first full season and his first time being healthy here in san jose okay so with that being said it's a gamble it's a gamble and when he's carrying a lot of freaking money the last thing you want to do is bite off more than you could chew and then end up with the same results that Sharks fans have been experiencing the past few seasons. Uh, but all those contenders, my bad. I know I kind of was going off track there for a second. And thank you for everybody um, still you know, enjoying the program live right now. Um, 
So with that being said, you know, he wants to win. There's not a lot of teams out there that could afford him because the teams that he wants to go to are contenders, right? A lot of them are close to their um, cap space as it is. But what does that all really mean now? Um, well, I'll tell you right now, it doesn't really mean squat. There's so much could happen between now and the entry draft and from the entry draft to the free agency frenzy. Like anything can happen that, you know, you could see um, the cap spaces free up, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm interested to see how the Sharks get it done, first and foremost. Um, but back to the whole point of this uh, whole segment. And thank you for, you know, uh, watching along here um, and listening for those on the podcast version. Um, Eric Carlson wants to win, obviously, before he's done here. His career's. He's, you know, this is this is it. This is going to be like the final period. He's in the third period of his career, unless there's some OT, unless he's trying to pull off a Marlow or a Jumbo thing, which I doubt. <laughs> but, um, you know, he wants to go to a contender, and Mike Greer is trying to get rid of nine point five million dollars. And according to Pierre LeBron, um, he's talked to a couple of sources here, or according to the Athletic, pardon me. They've chatted with some sources. I assume that means a couple of GMs or at least some people tied to front offices. And um, apparently the Sharks could get the conversation going if it's 8 to $8.5 million. You know what I'm saying? So um, will Mike Greer essentially not budge for you know retaining a million dollars more to salary i don't know what do you all think out there do you think that the sharks should try to uh make it work like should the sharks kind of eat more cap space because i mean this eric carlson is going to be the only, um, in my opinion, this will be the only time in his career that this Eric Carlson will be sought after this much. Whatever team he stays on next is either going to be the pit stop trying to win a cup or, you know, maybe the Timo Meyer thing where they're looking for like another, you know, long-term contract and that's what they're going to call home for, you know, if not the rest of the career the next chunk of their career. Um, so what do y'all think out there? Should the Sharks do that? I personally think that um, Mike Greer shouldn't budge at all. Now, if the difference is making it between $3 million and $2.5 million um, to make the deal happen, well, then I wouldn't be mad at it if he, if he held on to an extra million. But we'll see where this goes. Um, I do not see any rush in this trade i know that this trade is going to make headlines or pardon me talk of potential trade is going to make headlines it's going to make you open articles it's going to make you listen to shows like this one <laughs> but in reality um i don't see there being any rush and i really don't see this being a uh, in my opinion um like the highest priority um i think this is going to be a process, but what the heck do I know? I'm not in the front office, but I think um, the Sharks are going to try to make it work, not just 
for Eric Carlson, obviously, but for themselves, for San Jose. Um, so, yeah, that's all I really want to talk about with Eric Carlson because I have a feeling that we are going to talk about this guy often for the next couple of months here or maybe just for a few weeks if he does get dealt on trade uh, on, on draft day, which I highly doubt, but we'll see. Um, so let's uh, move on here because we are almost approaching a full uh, regulation game of hockey. And it's a Monday night, and I wanted to be appreciative to all the people watching live, and thank you, and I want to respect your time. So thank you for joining me. Uh, please, wherever you're listening to this um, program, like, share, subscribe, tell your friends about it, tell your hockey friends, tell your Sharks fans, uh, to tell, tell everyone you know to tune into Shark City Unfiltered and get in with the conversation. Let's get this bad boy rolling. Um Let's do the closing thoughts here really quick as we wrap up the program. And as I look for my graphic, bam. So closing thoughts. Uh, San Jose Sharks. Um, I think it's time. It's time now to um, really either embrace the rebuild or, you know, go all in on supposedly retooling and trying to get back to being competitive because I'm hearing what you're saying, but the transactions or the talk of some of your upcoming transactions just do not match up. And I'll say it this way. Okay. We've been getting rid of our best players for almost four or five consecutive seasons in a row. Some of these names you're not going to like, but it is what it is. We've got rid of Joe Pavelski. We got rid of Evander Kane. We were able to retain Tomas Hurdle, so we signed him to an eight-year deal, which probably was smart. And then we got, uh, you know, we traded Timo. This year it's Eric Carlson, and now he's gone. So it kind of, I mean, I know this is all for the sake because, you know, these are aging contracts, and I don't mean any disrespect, but I'm sure the likes of Couture and Vlasic and et cetera, those names will be revisited in due time. And I get it when you have the likes of Eklund and Bortolo and so on waiting for their turn. And when their turn comes, which it will, you want to be able to have that cap space to offer those young kids potential future to franchise, you know, whatever it is that they deserve or whatever it is that their, um, you know, skills and position in their market value is. You know, you're going to need that money to sign Eklund. You're going to need that money to sign Bortolo and so on. Um, I'm only sticking to those two names because lately a lot of the prospects that have been coming the Sharks way have been getting dealt away as well. So I'm I'm assuming that these two guys are going to be like, you know, they're part of the core. Um, but again, with that being said, I get why you have to get rid of those players because you got to make room for the future. But on the same token, it is kind of an oxymoron. It's like we want to be better. We're going to get better. We're trying to do all these things. And we'll be, uh, you know, to get back into the playoffs, but all of our best players are, are, are selling, you know, they're swimming away and they're in the playoffs and the sharks are at home anyways. Um, so yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of difficult. So all I'm all that to say is I hope the sharks embrace the rebuild, you know, get rid of rhymes. I don't even get rid of him like that. You know, like, you know, cut all the players that you don't need, cut the contracts that are not needed. Um, a matter of fact on that note, Really quick, I, I think it'd be great injustice if we don't cover this. So I don't know if you all seen the impending unrestricted free agent um, 
goaltenders. But a lot of them, like the average age is like 30. A lot of them are 33 and older. So, um, and a couple of them are ex-Sharks. So Martin Jones is probably going back to the market, assuming he doesn't get re-signed over there um, up north. And um, was it Grice? I believe Thomas Grice. Was that a name that I've seen? Entering the free agency market again. But there's a lot of goaltenders out there that are over the age of 33. So what does that mean? I think it's time for the Sharks to either embrace this rebuild, right? Because I know you've been hearing some nonsense about like trading some picks away for another goaltender, right? It just makes no sense at all. But um, and that's what I'm talking about. Like, you know, some stuff to just kind of like, anyways, some of the stories are right on here. But back to the point as I close out this program. Um, <clears throat> is there anyone really worth going after this offseason in free agency or via trade for the net minding position? I mean, really? Like at this point, I think you need to start your prospects. I mean, it looks like Capo Kakinen is going to be the guy who's going to be like, you know, he, he's the starting goaltender going into the 2023-2024 season. But let's be real. We all know this. Unless he, you know, holds it down and starts showing us a little bit a little bit more, um, it's going to be, you know, essentially another goaltender battle in the net. Assuming the Sharks don't sign another veteran or get another veteran to just kind of like hold that roster spot for a couple more seasons like they did with Rhymes. Um, it just makes no sense. I think you have to embrace you have to embrace it now, right? So, you know, after EK65 is gone, um, I don't see Vlasic going. I know a lot of people are asking for Vlasic. I know the, the words buyout and his name are kind of being uh, thrown out there a lot on, um, you know, in the chat rooms and in the social media groups and in your subreddits. But when Vlasic was with Mike Greer at the draft last year, I think the message was quite clear. Okay. Um, maybe we'll see him dealt trade deadline next season, but I highly doubt that Vlasic is going to be on another team come October. All right. Uh, so I just want to put that at rest right now. And um, yeah. So back to the point, you know, embrace it, man. Let's freaking get this ball rolling or let's get this puck, you know, let's, let's move the puck. Let's advance the puck forward. Right. And let's put some shots on the net. And let's try to score some goals and get some wins and get ourselves in a position to contend for a cup. I don't expect the Sharks to be Stanley Cup contenders year in and year out. The last three years, I didn't expect them to be Stanley Cup contenders. But like every fan out there, I expect them to at least try to get into the playoffs. I don't care if it's the final seed. Look at what happened with Florida. Now, what happened with Florida in the finals was pretty sad, with all due respect. But you know what I'm trying to say. They're the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference, and they were in the final show. As long as you get in there, you have a chance, baby. That's all I'm going to say. And um, if the Sharks find themselves a way to get into the Santa Cup playoffs next season, I'll be happy. But if it's going to be one of these situations where we're another pit stop for another veteran goaltender or a pit stop for some more, you know, veterans just to be traded away during the deadline. You know what I'm saying? Like 
fill in people on the penalty kill or fill them on the power play or have them be like really like fundamental to keeping us in the games by being solid in net and then just getting rid of them like to essentially start all over again rinse and repeat rinse and repeat come on I expect that this season I really do but I would I would be more than happy and would love to see the sharks just finally you know either own it the rebuild or make some like legitimate moves that are going to make us competitive but we'll see we'll see I know I'm just speaking from you know ah my till blooded heart here <laughs> all right I think I've had you all for enough. Thank you again to everyone who's been enjoying this live episode on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. I am Aaron James. This has been Shark City Unfiltered 2. Um, don't forget to follow us across the board on social media at Shark City Hockey. We'll more than likely get together a couple more times. I just want to use this moment to plug the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm going to be getting together with them on draft day on the first round for some live reaction. So join us on our YouTube live watch party. Uh, don't forget the sound. The sharks are having their own live watch party. For those of you here in San Jose, if you want to go to the tank, I'm sure it's just, you know, a quick way to get some concessions sold, but it's all good. It's a good opportunity to go take a picture with the Marlowe flag and, you know, being the tank uh, during the off season, right? Like I, I love the sounds of sharks tank is one of my favorite places in the world. So if you're going to be there, have some fun and maybe we'll run into each other. Maybe. Um, but until then, you can catch me on Shark City Hockey on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, and um, TikTok. So with that being said, I'm signing off for the evening. This has been a Monday night edition of Shark City Unfiltered. Catch the Shark City Unfiltered and Shark City podcast on SharkCityHockey.com. I'm Aaron James. Thank you all. And until next time, baby, let's go Sharks. <laughs>